Hey, everybody, get ready for an informative episode from Parents' Rights in Education. I'm Suzanne Gallagher, and I'm looking forward to our time together. We stand and defend the fundamental rights of all parents to raise their children and firmly believe children belong to their families, not the state, not the teachers, the teachers' union, or any other bureaucrat. I invite you to visit our website, parentsrightsined.org. Sign up to receive our news alerts. Like our Facebook page. Join or form a Parents' Rights and Education affiliate chapter. Making your voice heard is always easier with others. Just grab a couple friends and you're there. We will help with training, information, branding, and contact referrals. Let's start a Facebook group for you. Submit the chapter inquiry form on our website, parentsrightsined.org. Hey everybody, this is Suzanne Gallagher. Welcome to Parents' Rights Now. The topic for today is good strategies produce good outcomes. Washington State, Referendum 90, Part 2. It only makes sense that if you plan, strategize, and implement good strategies, your chances of having a positive outcome are going to be all the better. And there's something else that needs to happen. These individual groups that are popping up all over the country, they must work together what I'm going to share with you today is a uh, piece of information that was produced by Washington State volunteers. These are moms primarily, some dads as well, but mostly your average parents who are concerned about their children and their welfare. We are so impressed and proud with the resilience and the resourcefulness of our chapter leaders in Southwest Washington State. They are getting the word out about Referendum 90 to reject dangerous CSE legislation passed last spring and signed by Governor Inslee in March, the day of the China virus lockdown. This legislation would require K-12 mandatory sexuality education, comprehensive Our volunteers, in cooperation with informed parents of Washington, wrote an excellent summary of talking points, do's and don'ts, and other tips which can be used by anyone in the country fighting the same issue. You can find this on our website. The link is here in our podcast notes. The first item that they tackled is... Tips for Effective Letters to the Editor. These are some things that you should do. Keep it brief. Shoot for about uh, 200 to 400 words. Many papers have a specific word count limit that you will want to honor. Don't go over. It's better to be a little bit under. Streamline your message and stick to one or two main points. Lead with a bold, attention-grabbing statement. Which intro is more compelling? Dear editors, I am writing to say we must reject Referendum 90. Or, how about this? Legislators think they know how to raise your children better than you do? 
I'd say the second. Also, appeal to emotion with facts. Invite the audience to feel the point you are trying to make without coming across as emotionally unhinged. The curriculum examples rejected amendments speak for themselves. Just state the facts. When possible, connect your letter to something recently published in the paper. Your odds at publication increase dramatically if your letter is relevant to recent news or an op-ed. Always include a call to action. Give people a specific action step they can take to help. Share your letter. Encourage family and friends to vote, reject, Referendum 90. And lastly, make every word count. After drafting your letter, go through and remove every word that is not critically important. I think statements aren't necessary. Just say what you want to say. Also, articles, prepositions, and the word that you will find are unnecessary words. We need to use that space for only the things that are absolutely essential. Now, don't do this when you're writing your letter to the editor or giving testimony. These are great ideas for testimony. Don't insult everyone and their mother or come across as angry. Fight with truth, not rage. Don't forget the entire object is to reject Referendum 90. Remember to bring everything back to the importance of rejecting Referendum 90. In addition, here are some great phrases to consider including. Mandated CSE removes control from local school boards and parents. CSE is neither age-appropriate nor medically accurate. CSE represents a shift from reproductive to sexuality education. How do you opt out of the social change created by sexuality education? And why have the media refused to print specific curriculum examples? This was adopted from Just Want Privacy, on the right, W-R-I-T-E, track. The following list are Referendum 90 talking points for the repeal of CSE law. These are great principles that can be applied to many other issues we are facing in the public schools. Number one, loss of local control. Mandated CSE means a one-size-fits-all approach that removes control from local school boards and the parents who elect them. The requirements in Senate Bill 5395 were determined by 16 unelected members of a work group. Number two, limited curriculum choice. Because CSE curricula contain the same objectionable elements It's not a true choice. Districts are prevented from using a more acceptable risk avoidance curriculum. Because 
Senate Bill 5395 is an unfunded mandate, a district would have to develop another curriculum at their own expense. One district estimated that cost to be over $232,000. Number three, CSE is not age-appropriate. Here are some curricula examples of why we believe that. Kindergarten lessons talk about, quote, a very sensitive area at the top called the clitoris, unquote. That's from the three R's. Suggest to seventh graders that bathing together and mutual masturbation are ways to build intimacy while avoiding STDs from the three R's curricula. Number four, CSE is not medically accurate. Examples include, tells kids external condoms are safe for anal sex, even though they're not FDA approved, flash curriculum. Leads students to believe emergency contraception is still effective on day five. Not true. That's the flash curriculum. Tells children that a doctor assigns a sex to them at birth. Not true. That's in all the curriculums. Number five, there is no true opt-out. Children cannot be opted out of schoolyard discussions and the culture change that takes place at school. It was discovered students at one middle school in Washington State were playing games, including Molest Me Mondays, after starting a new CSE curriculum. This is from Shaw Middle School in Spokane. Girls at another school described being grabbed by boys in the halls and said that kids who are opted out get teased and bullied even more. That's from Curtis Junior High, University Place, Seattle area. Some curriculum exercises tell students to share information from the lesson with their friends. That's from the three R's. Number six, CSE can be integrated into other classes. Though the legislature said it was not their intent for CSE to be integrated into other classes, there was nothing to prevent it. In fact, OSPI's Sexual Health Education Program supervisor stated CSE should be integrated. An amendment to prevent integration was voted down by the legislature when the bill was passed last spring. Number seven. CSE doesn't provide students with complete information. CSE lessons repeatedly give students partial information, including the following. Telling them the pull-out method is free, always available, and works better than most people think, without disclosing the 22% failure rate. That's from Flash fails to give failure rates and risks of birth control, flash curriculum, discusses anal and oral sex without including the associated risks, flash curriculum, and three R's, discusses porn without including studies that show its harm, three R's. Number eight, citizens 
don't want CSE. 58% of respondents in the OSPI's own survey showed no to CSE. FOIA records reveal FOIA records reveal 21,668 calls to the legislature. That's almost 22,000 calls against Senate Bill 5395. And only 191 calls were received in favor. And last but certainly not least, in fact, Parents' Rights and Education believes this should be number one. Mandatory CSE undermines parental authority. Students are repeatedly told that they can receive birth control, abortions, and STD testing without parental knowledge or consent. And they are encouraged to talk to teachers instead of their parents, teachers, and other, quote, trusted adults, unquote. There's something else that I believe we should add to this list, although that list is very comprehensive and excellent. I encourage you to access it. But that item has to do with the availability of any sexuality information that an adult or a minor can access on the internet. This information is very readily available. And considering the controversial nature of CSE, we must demand that it not be taught in the public schools, period. It is a drain on our resources, in time, money, and if implemented, will cause parents to pull their kids out of public education. That's the same education that is afforded to them, required by law to be provided to all children in the United States of America, a free public education. And one last thought, if any adult told your child external condoms are safe for anal sex, even though they're not FDA approved, or lead your child to believe emergency contraception is still effective on day five, or tells your child a doctor assigns a sex to him or her at birth, and they acted on the information and were harmed, you could sue them. You could sue any other adult, including a health professional, who tells your child the pull-out method is free and always available and works better than most people think without disclosing the 22% failure rate. And the same goes for a health professional who fails to give failure rates and risks of birth control discusses anal and oral sex without including the associated risks and discusses porn without including studies that show its harm. Public schools have become distribution centers for leading normal, healthy children down risky paths, leading to consequences that can ruin 
their lives. CSE should not only be removed from public education, it should be outlawed. I'm Suzanne Gallagher, and this is Parents' Rights Now. Parents' Rights in Education is a tax-deductible, non-profit organization. We rely solely on your contributions. Help stop sexualization of our students in public schools. Together, we can do this. Please forward this to your friends. Do you know any parents who don't have any time to read lengthy emails? That's what the podcast is for. You have complete control over your access to this information. And you can share it. Share, share, share. Please send it to your friends and invite them to subscribe to Parents' Rights Now. Don't forget to register for the Northwest Safe Schools Summit. Featuring Walt Heyer, Heidi St. John, Bernadette Broyles Esquire, and Rebecca Friedrichs. Check out events on our website. See you next time to learn more about parents' rights now.